Carolina Outdoors is in session. Come on in. The listening is fine. Bill Barty, your host here. Hey, there is a fly fishing hall of fame that opened in the Catskills, Catskills, New York, back in 1985. That place is recognized to many as the birthplace of modern fly fishing. However, right here where we live, the Southern Appalachians are also rich in fly fishing history, and there is a place that celebrates the people that have helped impact that history, and that place is in Bryson City, North Carolina. And we're going to learn a little bit about the Fly Fishing Museum of Southern Appalachia right now on the Carolina Outdoors. And by doing so, we're going to introduce Alan Baker from the board of the museum. Alan, welcome to the Carolina Outdoors. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's fantastic to have you, and you are one of the busiest people in fly fishing and conservation in that scene. You grew up in the Lenore area, fishing, hunting, playing in the woods. Then you went to work with Duke Energy, and along with that job came activity with uh, uh, reintroducing Trout Unlimited uh, to the Charlotte area, working with RRTU and the NC Wildlife Federation. You've authored a bunch of books. But, Alan, what we want to talk to you about is this museum. Tell us about its start back in 2013, because you were the man who helped make it happen. Well, we just uh, we just weren't doing anything to to remember old fly fishermen. Uh, when I grew up, I would get all these stories about Cap Weesey, and uh, there was the Howe brothers in Brevard, and uh, Mark Cathy and the Smokies. That was you know he was written about in some of Jim Casta's books, and mm-hmm. uh, no one was doing anything, you might say, to preserve that uh, and uh, have it for the next generation. So uh, long and short, uh, I looked around to see who was going to do it, and it ended up being me. <laughs> well, who better to grab hold of those reins and, and make it happen? I mentioned 2013. This is the 10th anniversary of the museum, but, Alan, we started out in a different place. It is in Bryson City now, but the very first one was in Cherokee. How did that happen and the move? Well, that's correct. Well, when I was looking for a home, you know, built basically you got to have a building to do a museum, and uh, the uh, Cherokee uh, Nation, the tribe, uh, stepped up and offered a building. They were very interested in uh the history of fly fishing. Uh, there, there are some roots in their uh, uh, in their heritage, and uh, we started with a building there. Uh, but we ended up uh, moving to Bryson City a year later, uh, simply because of the logistics of uh, uh, things like signs. Uh, we we ended up with uh, uh, waiting on a sign forever in Cherokee that had interesting ordinances there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we moved to Bryson City after one year. Well, of course, now the museum has just moved, and we're talking about the Fly Fishing Museum of Southern Appalachians, has it has moved. I think it's moved now. I think May 6th was the date where it moved right alongside the Tuckasegee River uh, and the Appalachian Rivers Aquarium right there in Bryson City. Tell us about this new location and what it's going to offer differently than the old location. Well, the the original agreement was to uh, uh, house aquariums and the museum together. And, of course, uh, 
uh, Bryson City at the time, uh, they offered a building that we could put the museum in so we could move, uh, but we needed to build a building for the aquariums. We went through that uh, before COVID and finished the Appalachian Rivers Aquarium, and uh, that's been operational, uh, what, uh, three or four years now. Yeah. And, uh, and then last year they began construction on the uh, building for the museum, and uh, the the old building we were in was an old bank building, and uh, we uh, we just finished the move last weekend. Well, <laughs> hard work, uh, hard work for our guest Alan Baker and the rest of the board making this happen, getting the exhibits in there and presented. And Alan, uh, as we talk here on the Carolina Outdoors, I want to prepare you because here comes the hard part. Uh, the Fly Fishing Museum of Southern Appalachia's, you know, providing a place of learning, a place of history, the arts, the sciences, the crafts, and the skills of fly fishing. But I want to ask you how, especially with your view over the years, how has the sport changed over those decades with what the museum is preserving with those things? Uh, well, you know, some of the uh, earliest rods were uh, greenheart wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, bamboo pretty much uh, dominated the sport uh, 100, 150 years ago. Um, and then uh, we went through a period of uh, metal rods and fiberglass. And, uh, of course, graphite came along about the time I started fly fishing in the, uh, what, 60s and 70s. And, uh, and graphite has dominated uh, until we've gotten to more recent years where there's a little retro effect now. There's, uh, you know, bamboo and, and fiberglass being built again, uh, particularly because of the... Uh, qualities those rods have uh all you might say high tech now because a lot of research has been done uh and that's just the rods the reels uh have uh, pretty much been the same function but the drag systems have improved greatly uh leaders and tippets fluorocarbon has come along as a better tippet um some things uh pretty much the same like flies but we're more into synthetics uh, but the basic idea of, of fly fishing, uh, it's a, it's, you might say it's a primitive, high-tech science. You go out there and you're more on a level playing field with a fish with a fly rod. Well, I think you broke that down really well because, you know, to many listeners who are being introduced to the sport and, of course, uh, the museum will help uh, many people who aren't familiar with the sport be introduced to it. But um, fishing is fishing, but it has changed so much, including um, you know, transportation. A, a drift boat was a part of the uh, initial exhibit at one time, but even the way we fish, uh, access and the way rivers are floated is different. But here's a big difference I want to ask you about, and, and we may circle back to access, but talk about the digital age. Because, uh, you know, back when you might take a black and white uh, Polaroid of that fish and bring it back to your buddies and show them what you caught. But these days, we're 24-7, and whether it be Instagram, Facebook, or just a, a text, um, fly fishing and its promotion has become digital. How's the museum look at that or celebrate the old times um, compared with the fast-moving new times that are, that are around? Well, the one, one exhibit I think about the most is Cato uh, Holler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... Uh, he was a fisherman back in the, 
the mid uh, 20th century, um, and his grandson has uh, worked with me to preserve his legacy. And there's a video we play of him catching a fish there on the Armstrong Creek. And, uh, you know, we play that video uh, in a circle so people can uh, relate to what happened. Uh, actually, it's, uh, what, 75, 80 years ago, I guess, when that happened. And uh, we use uh, uh, video extensively through the museum and, uh, uh, you know, jump sticks uh, literally put into a TV and you can recreate, uh, uh, you know, the floating down the river in a drift boat or tying a fly. Uh, we're looking now at the technology, the QR technology, so you can step up to a museum and uh, hold your cell phone up and uh, more information comes on your cell phone about the exhibit. So, well, I may be out of... I may be out of turn on this, but I think Cato Holler is a member of the Hall of Fame that is also in place with the museum. And, Alan, of course, with the accomplishments that you uh, that I mentioned in your introduction, you were celebrated with your own introduction in the Hall of Fame. Talk to us about the Hall of Fame uh, and the relationship with the mission of the museum. And I think Cato Holler is a member of the Hall of Fame, and I'll let you correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, actually, he is not. Um, he is what we call a screen blazer. Uh, most of the exhibits in the uh, uh, in the museum celebrate people of the past, and we call them screen blazers. Um, the Hall of Fame, uh, our first year, our first class was in 2016 but actually just a few weeks after we moved in and set up in bryson city we had the, we had that scheduled and uh, proceeded with it and uh, we inducted four four members that year uh, we do it by categories we have conservation communication crafts um, and <laughs> recreation that was the first four now since then we've evolved and we have a humanities and uh, an ambassador, and in 2019, I was uh, one of the first to be put in as ambassador. And basically, uh, it's a jack-of-all-trades type uh, category for fly fishing. Well, then it's fitting. <laughs> it's fitting that you went in that way. Uh, we're talking about you can you can check all of this out, flyfishingmuseum.org, including of the Hall of Fame, and you can see our guest, Alan Baker, who did back in 2019 go in as an ambassador. And, and Alan, with that, um, I guess you're always taking, or the, the Hall of Fame is always taking nominees so I guess to our listeners out there who know someone who is impactful uh, with the sport of fly fishing, do you does it have it doesn't have to be in the southeast though, does it? It just has to be impactful to the sport, or do they need to be uh, located in the region? Um, they're on our website. We we did expand the geographics to be all the southeast, and that's like seventeen states or something like that. Gotcha. And and the reason for uh, a limitation is because there are uh, you know a couple museums up north doing Hall of Fame, and uh, you know we're trying to reduce the overlap, you might say. But uh, for this year, we inducted our first saltwater fly fisherman, uh, uh, Jake Jordan, and uh, he lives in Havelock, but he probably has done much more of his fly fishing in Florida. You know, for tarpon and so forth. 
so the the Hall of Fame uh, has evolved and changed to uh, uh, actually, you know, like Whitlock out west uh, in yeah. Ozarks uh, was the motivation for for changing that. Uh, and now the uh, we we're working on a project to do a Hall of Fame trail, which uh, is you know a new concept of it's kind of like a greenway, uh, but it educates. Uh, whoever is uh, going down the trail on the uh, the Hall of Fame of Fly Fishermen. Oh, wow. Well, and I need to point out, besides Alan Baker, who is in our area, uh, Jim Cassida in, in the Charlotte area, Rock Hill, South Carolina, is also a member uh, inducted in 2016. Uh, so j- just the folks close to Charlotte, uh, a, a, a shout-out that way. And, again, you can check all of this out at flyfishingmuseum.org. Uh, Alan, I need to ask you about uh, about this, uh, about programming, exhibits. What will we see if we go up there uh, this spring, this summer? Uh, what will be on hand for us if we pop in there? Because I know it's ever-changing, but as this was a brand-new uh, museum or a brand new location. What are the exhibits existing right now? Um, we have over 150 exhibits. Uh, the drift boat uh, uh, is still there. Uh, we've expanded the uh, the panels to to discuss each of the the first four guides that use drift boats in the southeast. Um, we um, have Cato Holler uh, in in um, in his full attire, we have a uh, Hollywood mannequin that wears the uh, the gear, um, fly tying bench. Uh, we had to compress some of the exhibits to make more space, uh, but uh, it's all there as it was. We've added uh, about 20 exhibits when we moved. Uh, yes. For example, we have an exhibit on presidents, uh, past presidents in the United States that fly fished. Uh, I, my favorite's uh, Calvin Coolidge that fished out in the Black Hills, uh, and I went out there uh, a couple of years ago and fished the Black Hills, and it, it's amazing. Uh, and there was never a trout there originally. Ah. They're all transplanted into the limestone streams of the Black Hills. Um, so you got like a presence exhibit. Uh, uh, oh, the oldest flies uh, that we we're aware of. Uh, we have replicas of the Macedonian fly that was tied around 200 B.C. The reason we know that, it is documented in Roman uh, literature. And uh, no one really knew what it looked like. So we have this uh, artist that uh, created four different versions of it, and we have that on display. We have uh, a display of the uh, original uh, burner flies, the four, uh, was it 12 flies that were used in the late 1400s? And we have the Isaac Walton flies uh, from the book uh, from the 16, late late 1600s. So we have, have reached back and tried to uh, uh, replicate those things because in some ways there's no one around that knows exactly how they looked. And all, all you have in some cases is just sketches. Wow, all on hand, brand new museum, Bryson City, a brand new 10-year-old museum, I should say. The new location just opened opened up. Board member of the Fly Fishing Museum, Alan Baker. 
Thank you. Oh, and Alan, don't let me get in trouble. Joyce Shepard, that's another Charlotte area lady Absolutely. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Joyce, she, Joyce was with us last weekend when we did the inductions. She went uh, in 2018. Yes. So yep. mm-hmm. all of this is on hand in Bryson City. Uh, we can go uh, flyfishingmuseum.org to learn more, to find out where to be, how to be. Alan, I know you're heading out fishing, but thank you for taking the time to jump on the Carolina Outdoors with us. Well, I hope people enjoy it. We, uh, we've we worked hard the last few years to make sure we have uh, our own museum in the South. And uh, it's just, uh, what, three and a half hours from Charlotte. Oh, easy. And what a beautiful place that it is, too. So kudos to you for picking that location out because uh, the banks of the Tuckasegee in Bryson City, uh, right at the at the next door to the entranceway of uh, the Great Smoky Mountain National Park couldn't be finer. And and back uh, 70 years ago, people were making a living tying flies right there in Bryson City. <laughs> it has a lot of history. Yep. We can learn more. Go catch some fish, Alan Baker, and thank you for being on with us. Well, thank you for having me. And again, if you're listening, flyfishingmuseum.org, go check it out. However you may be listening to the Carolina Outdoors, whether it be early on a Saturday morning via the airwaves of WBT Radio or highlights of the Carolina Outdoors via podcast, I'm Bill Barty. We're going to take a quick break, flip over on the other side, and continue the conversation. 